Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and a video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest, the teaching traveler herself, or the traveling teacher. And her name's Lily Marshall. And she actually has a couple of sites. And uh, she actually has a couple of kids, too. Uh, so we're going to be finding out about her travels her solo with two kids and also as a family travels. Uh, we'll be finding out about her blog and about her other website too. Uh, so Lily, uh, if, you, if you want to share a little bit more about yourself for the people who are listening and watching. Sure. Hi, my name is Lily Marshall. Um, I've been blogging since 2009. Um, I was a full-time teacher in Boston for five years and just reached burnout and uh, I realized I had saved enough money because I'd been living incredibly frugally, no car, living in a house with five other people. Um, I saved enough money to be able to travel for several months. And during that time, I started AroundTheWorldL.com, which is a chronicle of my own travels. Um, when I got back to America nine months later I met the guy who is now my husband at my welcome back to America party we now have two kids um, and when I got back to America my mom said your site is all about you what about other people and so good point I started teaching traveling.com to feature other people who combine teaching and traveling in many different ways and now I teach full-time in Boston again um, love being a teacher but I also love blogging and writing so I teach by day and blog by and I love the story there, uh, the welcome back to America party and you end up meeting your husband. What are the chances? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, part of the, uh, yeah, go on. Part of the reason why I was traveling was because I was in a rut in my job, but also in my dating life. So I guess it is a success story in terms of traveling, opening up whatever it was in me that was stopping me from finding someone who, who could be my partner. Um, so it worked. And uh, you know, that's a common story. Uh, people go through breakups, either separations or divorces, and then they end up traveling to really uh, find themselves. I mean, uh, we all know the famous movie, Eat, Pray, Love, where she found love on the road, you know, Eureka. So that's yeah. definitely a, a great that you didn't find love on the road, but then you found a love right when the, <laughs> right at the, the, the welcome home party. So amazing story. Um, well, I'm curious to know about uh, um, the, the, the website called Around the World L. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about Around the World L. Um, you said you mentioned you mentioned you started it uh, 2009, so quite a long time ago. You've been well established as a blogger, uh, but tell us a little bit about um, the purpose of the blog and the major themes and topics. Right. So um, it's evolved quite a bit. When I started it, I was a solo budget backpacker, um, mostly centered. I, start, I started in Asia and then started volunteer teaching in West Africa and Ghana and then was in Spain and Portugal before heading back home. So that whole section, the first several hundred articles, are all like sleeping in room closets, um, sleeping on the couch of someone who I didn't know, like just very budget. Um, once I got established back in Boston, got married, had kids. It's now evolved into family travel, sometimes luxury travel. But the underlying theme is always learning. But it's not learning like stuffy, like school marm learning. It's learning like curiosity, excitement, arts, food, um, architecture, history, but also just the beauty that's around us, learning what other places look like and what they feel like.
Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your travels now. Um, I mean, obviously, no, you're no longer a solo backpacker who can just uh, sleep anywhere. Now you're a mom, uh, you're a wife, uh, you have two young kids. Uh, so walk us through how your travels have changed, um, adding to, to the mix. Right. So um, once I got married, I did some uh, some couples travel. We were able to go to some really gorgeous properties um, that would count as sort of luxury travel. We had our first kid, and I felt like travel with one kid was was easy easier than it is with two kids. We went through Ireland and wrote about that, and it was really cool to see the places through the eyes of of my child. Um, and now that we have two kids, it's like herding cats. Like they're running one way, they're running another way um, we just got back from uh, tra travels in California and Ohio and the kids threw up in more surfaces than I care to mention it was like the rental car the hotel the wedding that we went to the airplane so um, <laughs> Uh, just to, I, I recommend traveling with kids but going into it with eyes wide open that there are a lot of parts to it so what I've gotten really into lately is putting things in place so that I'm able to travel alone again even though I'm married and I have kids so in this case we flew to Ohio where the in-laws are and so the in-laws and my husband very kindly watched our children while I just flew off to Bonaire and Curacao to work with the tourism boards there. And I just had an amazing time just being with myself again after caring for two lovely little individuals for almost four years straight now. Yeah, and that's definitely important as a parent uh, to really nurture yourself and especially moms I know moms are so focused on parenting and uh, uh, making sure everything's okay at the home that they neglect themselves and that's a common story with a lot of moms uh, and even dads I mean uh, dads need to also nurture themselves and obviously the marriage too uh, that suffers when you have young kids so you definitely need to nurture that too so walk us through those elements I mean how do you uh, balance all those things because most of us who are parents can't balance we try to juggle and then everything falls apart and we go crazy so how do you not go crazy? Right. Um, so every Sunday, my husband and I sit down and we look at our calendars together. And it sounds kind of dorky, um, but things just don't work if we don't look at the big picture of who's doing what and where. And this connects to the travel and time for us and time for ourselves piece because um, we look and we see, okay, so my husband is going to do this thing where he's going to be out of the house for two nights. And so I'm very big on equality, so that opens up for me, okay, so why don't I look for something where I can be out for two nights? And in this case, the trip that I took for a week was because my husband had to do some, something of his own for a week. So I looked at that and I said, all right, if you're gonna go out for a week, I'm gonna figure out how to do it myself for a week. So um, I'd say what it takes is the stepping back and actively planning before things get to crisis mode and making sure also we plan in time for ourselves, like a date night or we're still working on the couple's trip, but we haven't had one of those in a while, but, but that's coming soon. Yeah, I love the idea of uh, doing something every Sunday, like uh, a planning and a strategy session for you and your husband, and you kind of plan out the week and, uh, you know, figure out who does what. So we've done that uh, as well. Not enough, though. Uh, so it's something I definitely know, know that we need to do, and I think most married couples need to do something like that. It could be just, uh, you know, having something on your calendars, 
shared calendars, uh, but actually having that intentional time to plan um, helps because if you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? <laughs> Amen. And all of a sudden, you realize you've spent months working alongside this person caring for the kids, but you haven't even actually talked to them because you've been so busy changing diapers and running after them. So it's really helped to just get something on the calendar and then go through with it. This is our time together. Awesome. Uh, so uh, I'm curious to know about your second blog because, uh, you know, being a mom and a wife and uh, working full time and taking care of two kids and running one blog wasn't enough. So you ended up creating, creating a whole other website and then now you're managing two. Uh, so walk us through a little bit of uh, uh, that origin story. Um, so that one, it, it focuses on other people. So it's it's not about me, it's, it's, it's curating the many different ways that you can combine teaching, learning, and travel. So I have the standard ones of people who are teaching abroad or teachers who take vacations or go on group trips where they are able to learn or expand their practice or even just revitalize themselves. But I, I say teacher traveler in a very wide sense of the word. So for example, recently I featured a man who paints maps on naked bodies. And you may say he's not a teacher, but in fact he is. He's trained as a cartographer. And so his maps are teaching people how to look at the world in different ways, how to understand cartography in different ways. So this is to say if anyone listening would ever like to be featured on teaching, traveling, you don't have to specifically be a teacher. You just have to combine learning or teaching in some way and the world. And uh, you know, uh, you, since we cover a lot of digital nomads in the show, actually that's a great way of seeing the world and making an income. Uh, I just interviewed someone last week who's a part-time digital nomad, she calls herself, or a summer digital nomad, or a seasonal digital nomad, because she actually works uh, kind of a traditional schooling calendar. And then she has a summer off, so she becomes nomadic for four months, travels around Europe, uh, you know, Central America, South America. Then she goes back and she's a regular working person and then she becomes nomadic and then comes back so obviously that's a great way of uh, making money and traveling uh, during your little mini mini breaks and I, I really I really emphasize that keeping that base job is important for the majority of people. So myself, I was, for those nine months I was traveling, a digital nomad, um, and I was only traveling and blogging. And frankly, for myself, I found it too stressful. It didn't have a clear salary. The online atmosphere changed every moment, so I could make money in one way, and then it shifted, and I couldn't make money that way anymore. And so returning to teaching and combining that with blogging has worked really well for me because, first, I, I just find it very fulfilling. I think just type alone at my computer can get lonely and my back hurts and um, I miss the connection with people but by teaching during the day I can work with youth I can really get together with what's going on in my city but then I also still have the blogging at night and the summer yeah that, that's a good way of looking at it uh, definitely I can relate to uh, what you were saying about uh, when you're on the road constantly and you're still trying to work you have so many issues uh, number one being the Wi-Fi <laughs> you know half the time the Wi-Fi doesn't work uh, and then uh, obviously um, if you're moving a, a lot like packing and packing that's stressful 
and then uh, not having the daily routine that's stressful you mentioned the money side of things that's uh, not always up in, uh, that's not always uh, linear it's a uh, up and down uh, uh, most of the time so that's yeah. obviously stressful not having that stable consistent uh, regular source of income so yeah there are definitely a lot of stressors but they obviously a lot of blessings the fact that you get to see the world and uh, you know uh, travel constantly so uh, it is definitely a trade-off yeah, I just want people to go into it with eyes wide open because I think sometimes people say, I'm going to quit my job and travel, and they don't have the things in place that allow it to not be stressful. Yeah, and uh, you know, part of the reason we do these podcast episodes is to show people kind of like the, the methodology and uh, the steps you take before you just go gung-ho, just do it, leave everything behind and end up broke and then come back <laughs> sleeping in your mom's couch or something. Exactly. And, and what I would point out about that is when I was leaving um, to travel around the world and start my blog in 2009, I wanted to resign from my job. And luckily, I listened to the advice of people who said, if it's possible to take a leave of absence, do that. Because then you'll at least have the option to come back if you want. And I was like, no, I never want to teach again. I'm so angry. I don't want to do this. And then somewhere in month five of my nine-month trip, I realized, actually, I missed this. I'd like to go back. And thank goodness I was able to because I'd taken that leave of absence. I'm curious to know about how you built up your blog and any tips you would give to someone else who's thinking of starting blogging because you've been doing this for uh, more uh, more time than a lot of us. I mean, I only started my blog five years ago, and here you are back in 2009, uh, uh, writing all you know almost for eight years now. Um, any tips or advice for someone who's brand new to the blogosphere who wants to start a blog right now or in the next few weeks or months? Yes, okay, I love, I love traveling, but honestly, I love travel blogging most of all. I love talking about this, so thank you for asking. Um, so the first thing is, you actually have to like it. Um, I think if you go through it and you're like a robot, like I must write some content now, it's, it's, it stinks. For me, the reason I have time to do this is I don't really watch TV, I don't really do that much else for recreation, like sitting on the couch eating popcorn, I just blog obsessively. So one, you have to love it. Number Number two, it's being consistent. So this is related to loving it. If it feels like a chore, you're not going to be consistent. But if you find a pattern or a way of doing it that you love, then you'll be able to continue doing it. And you don't have to do it like everyone else, but you have to do it in a way that you like and that you can keep going. So what I mean by being consistent is just continuing to publish. And I see a lot of people reach out to me and say, I want to start a blog, but I don't know about this part and I don't know about that part. And that would lead to my next piece of advice, which is just begin writing. And of course, you want to put things in place like you want a good domain name that that works and that searches well but the most important thing is creating articles or whatever content you create and and then just continuing to do it because you can have the most well thought out site in the world but if it has one or two articles what's the point and if it has a gap of four months where you don't write it's sort of like eh where is it going to go from there? And then the last piece of advice is a lot of people don't realize that you can write an amazing piece, but it just won't get read unless it's shared on social media. And there's all different ways to do that, but but that's just sort of the reality of it now for the most part. I've seen people get a lot of readers without it in very rare cases, but I it really takes a lot of self-publicizing and pushing that out there to get what you write read. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, some great tips there, Lily. Uh, I'm curious to know about your vision for it. So you're currently teaching. Uh, you travel quite frequently. Uh, you have the couple of websites, uh, you know, the young kids, etc. cetera. Uh, tell us about your vision for it uh, over the next few months, years, and beyond. Well, it's a perfect time to ask that because I've been deep in a double site redesign. So now that I am finally earning some money from my websites, I'm re totally reinvesting that into redesigning them. So they're faster, they're more secure, they're more beautiful and easier to use. So that's the first step is making those websites shine and look professional. Hopefully that will be launched by the beginning of September 2017. Um, then the next thing is really to continue the combination of teaching and travel blogging. I think I, I love teaching and I don't want to stop that. I think it compl they complement each other really nicely. Um, and so moving forward now that our kids are getting older, I think that I'll be able to take more solo trips and my husband and I will be able to take solo trips and perhaps we'll be able to take the kids places without them vomiting all over us. So I, I've been sort of on a pause right now because I've been either pregnant or nursing for the past four years, but now things are starting to settle, getting myself back, um, and so I'm gonna be on the road much more than I have been in the past few years. So Lily, uh, if people wanted to connect with you, maybe they are a teaching traveler or a traveling teacher and they may, might want to uh, be featured on your site or uh, you know, read about your adventures around the world, both solo, couple, and family, uh, how can they do that? So um, aroundtheworldl.com is my first site, teaching, traveling, and that's traveling with one L, that's the American spelling, it's confusing, .com. Um, and then on social media, I'm at worldlily, L-I-L-L-I-E, and I'm obsessively on social media, so I'd be happy to connect with anyone who wants to reach out. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much for your time over there in the midst of your busy schedule. We really appreciate it. And some great insights in you, in, into your travels, into solo travel, even when you're having kids. And, uh, you know, obviously the bl uh, blogging journey, tips for bloggers, and much more. So thanks again for your time today. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Lily. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, uh, where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.